Hi, welcome to episode 13 of the Mind Over Matter podcast. Uh, Today we're talking all about suicide. This is something that has affected both Trevor and I pretty personally, and we thought that it was an important one to discuss. So if if that's something that is kind of a trigger for you, feel free to skip this episode. But we talk about our own experiences with suicide and then kind of the things that we think should be changed in regards to how we can kind of stop the epidemic of suicide uh, in this country. So we talked about our own experiences and then things that we think need to change and how to kind of take individual steps to improve your own kind of ways to deal with suicide. So, yeah, this episode is very important to me. I I enjoy talking about it. We just hopped off it, uh, literally just hopped off, started recording this. So I really want to get this episode out to you people. Um, I really think it, it'll hit home with a lot of people and start getting their gears turning a little bit. So um, I think really without further ado, enjoy the episode. And we're live. Welcome back, everybody, to the Mind Over Matter podcast. Trevor and Kevin back here. How you doing, Kev? Shit, I'm great. How are you? Hanging in there. Good. Hanging in there. A lot of stuff going on. So we decided to hop on here. Got a pretty exciting podcast today. Um, two close people to me had there's there's things that happened to them that got me thinking internally a lot, and it got me thinking almost like, what would I do without these two people? And while I was thinking that. It hurt because I was all the way in Florida and couldn't really do anything to help, of course. So, again, we turned to the podcast and I wanted to talk about uh, suicide prevention, kind of, because that's that's, uh, what I initially wanted to do the podcast for. Wanted to talk about that um, and a couple other things. So, hit up Kev last night. Of course, he's here today. And we're going to get started here, Kev. Yeah, no. So like Trevor was saying, um, there are two people that were really close to us that have been kind of struggling with suicide. And that kind of gave us the the idea. We didn't really have like, this is for sure what we wanted to talk about. We just kind of wanted to keep it more of a low key kind of thing and just kind of talk about our experiences with suicide. And then also to how we can kind of... there's a lot of room for improvement as far as us as men and as people that work with other men. Like there's there's an infinite amount of shit that we could be doing better. And with that, I, I just kind of wanted to use our platform here to to kind of discuss that and then kind of just to show people like whatever you're going through, there's always been someone that's gone through it also. And in that there are other people that you can lean on. So I'll just kind of kick it off just going into myself. So um, I had never, I never really had like any suicidal ideations. Like growing up, it was always, sorry, my <laughs> fucking dog just walked in, dude. Now growing up, it was always just seen, preached to me as like, um, like a temporary solution almost to a permanent problem. Or oh yeah, I got that reverse. It's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And that always, I mean, I don't even remember where I heard that. I think it was somewhere in high school. 
but it always kind of resonated with me. So my experience with suicide is some shit happened with me and my wife and like, I wasn't sure that it was going to work out. I won't really get that deep into it, but like I fucked up pretty good and I'm like, well, my wife's either going to leave me or she's going to stay with me. Right. And I was like, just hanging out on the bed and like, I seen my handgun next to me and I'm like, man, it wasn't even like the, a literal gun that got me thinking like that. It was more just like the symbology of it. Like the, the gun to me was like a means to an end, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I was like looking at it and I was like thinking about how easy it would be if, if all this was kind of over. But it's like, it would only be over for me, obviously, because I'm dead. But like, my wife's now got to deal with me not being here and then all the problems, you know, that can go along with that. So it almost seemed like a kind of a selfish thing for me to do. Because it's like, all my problems now are just kind of pushed onto my wife. And now it's like, well, that just seems like kind of a chicken shit way to go about this. Yeah not not to call people who do kill themselves a, a pussy or anything but that's just how i felt in my situation see mine was a little different so my experience with suicide is a little more intense not to say that kevin's isn't but yeah no i mean my, mine was like not a long thing it was like oh yeah. it, it, like the whole thought was like less than 30 seconds yeah see so for me, I had gone through a divorce. I had just found out I was getting out the army. So it was just an okay thing for me to understand. I was losing two things I love, my career and my, my wife. So it made sense to me to stop my life as well. And at the time I had a gun, um, I pulled up to my, my parking lot late at night, it was dark out. Um, and I held it to my head. I don't even, I don't remember if it was even loaded or not off safety or whatever. I don't remember. And I just thought how easy it would be if I no longer had to deal with any of this. How easy would it be if. Because I didn't give a shit about being selfish. Fuck everybody else, bro. I just got fucked over <laughs> by everybody. Yeah. So to me, it was... It was more of... My problems aren't going to get past anybody. Because no one's here for my problems right now anyways. That's how it felt. So why not just take the easy route out? And... I honestly... I don't really know what stopped me from doing it. Um, yeah. But I called my little brother. He was the only one that was able to answer. Which was weird for me to do. And I think that made me realize if I killed myself, um, who would that give him to look up to? Mm-hmm. I want to be a role model and I want to be the first foot forward, you know, and I want him to just follow my footsteps if he can. Mm-hmm. And if it's the easiest route for him, which it seems to be. That would be awesome. He could, I could just learn everything and just try and hand me it down to him just like he's my own kid. He's my brother. That's what I'm supposed to do. And I realized, how could I do that if I'm not here? How could I leave? I'm going to leave him in the arms of 
of the people I was in. And he'll end up, in, hopefully not anymore because I'm still here, but he'll end up in the same place I'm in. And then I would have killed myself. So what's going to stop him from killing himself? And then it'll just become a, now I'm stepping in the wrong direction. Now, my, now I'm being, I'm being the wrong <laughs> guide. I don't want to go that way. And it, I think it truly resonated with me when I was sitting in that car with the gun to my head. And I, because the thoughts had been going on for at least a couple months, man. I mean, I was overseas for over, for, about, about, about being dead, life. being dead or yeah. taking my life. It didn't matter if I was doing it or if someone else was. I was overseas and it's too easy for me to think every day if I just fucking blew up right now. Oh, no. What, yeah, you know, like, like knowing what you know now, though, about like coincidences and shit. Would you say, though, that it was just random that you didn't kill yourself that day? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a coincidence. Uh, that's what I was trying to say. Uh, it's hard for me to say it was a coincidence. It was... It was me... Yeah, it was me resorting to... It was fight or flight, bro. <laughs> you know? like yeah. it, was, it was resorting to my subconscious, and my subconscious wanted to do this. And that's... I guess that's that's what... Shined light on my situation was shined enough light on it to where I was able to focus on it and eventually create this podcast. Yeah. And it's like, I think one of the big differences in our experiences is like mine was caused by me doing something. Right. But yeah. yours was caused by something being done to you. And so I think that's kind of where like me not wanting to be selfish because of a problem I caused. Like you wouldn't think that because like you, you didn't yeah. force your wife to do anything like that. Like it wasn't nothing you did. Yeah. So like my question though, like that I just thought of is like you said that you were thinking about killing yourself for months before that happened. Yeah. Is there like anyone that like tried to, or that could see that you were like acting a different way? Yeah. So, uh, Johnny Mulberry, if you're listening, shout out to you. Shout out to Johnny Mulberry. Never said it to your face or anything. (laughs) Never really had the opportunity to, but I was addicted to sleeping pills. No coincidence that I finally took one for the first time last night because I'm sick. Uh, But I was addicted to this sleeping pill. I was sleeping 18 hours a day easily in Iraq. Johnny stepped in and was like, look, dude, like you're just sleeping all day. That's all you're doing. What are you doing? So I'm taking these pills. I take two a day in the morning. And then when I wake up and go to whatever, I take two more and go to sleep again. He's like, dude, you can't just keep sleeping like this. So that was one person uh, that really, really impacted it all because it was like uh, I had to just wake up and deal with it. I had to get outside, talk to people. So, uh, yeah, that one that one was uh, – he was someone who helped me out, noticed I was acting different. Uh, you, 
obviously. Uh, but I think it was generally pretty easy to notice my attitude, feelings, whatever, because I was very vocal about it at the time. So, like, for you, you were able to see that I was hurting because I was coming to you telling you my whole story. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I need to come help you out. Um, and another person who helped me and I couldn't be more thankful for is Brian May. Uh, he, he saw, like, just everything happening. He got to witness it all, like, just my whole journey. Um, man was through it all. And, I mean, I helped, I asked him a couple questions. One was, you know, Brian, how how did you get over his past? Because he was engaged at one time. Brian was? Yeah, and he got cheated on. Kidding. He got cheated on one. He went to basic and then went to Colorado. And he found out through the girl's best friend. So, oh, really? No coincidence, golly. huh? No hey, coincidence, if you're huh? that girl listening to this, you really fucked up. Because that man's got a real nice caboose. <laughs> Anyway, anyway. Uh, but yeah, so I went to him and I asked, hey, uh, how did you get over it? And the dude, like, without blinking an eye, emotionless, said, I just realized I had no time in my life or space for people just like that. Yeah, I mean, it's a very analytical way to think about that. Yeah. And I said, fuck. <laughs> I, said, I, I was like right to his face. I said, yeah, I'm just pretty emotional right now. It's hard for me to see it like that. Because that was yeah. dude, that was like two weeks after the divorce. And you're like an already emotional guy, too. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's almost easier for someone like Brian or myself, who's like more of an analytical, kind yeah. of logical person. Yeah, and then there was times where like... I mean, either I stepped up or Brian stepped up and said, hey, give me your guns or whatever it was. I mean, I would go to him and say, hey, you, you can have this because I'm living here now anyways. He would yeah. tell me where they're at. But, you know, I don't need to. Or he wouldn't tell me where mine are. I knew where his were, I think. Some shit like that. But yeah. his were locked. Some shit like that. And I was, you know, just a support from someone who didn't. Who who went through it, understood what I was going through, and didn't solve his problem the same way I solved mine. Yet he let me do whatever I pleased, pretty much, in his house. And was supportive through it all. But the but the thoughts were yeah. going on for months. Like, it, the thoughts... I mean, it sucks to say, but like even while I was married, I, I, there was times I was driving down the road and was like, what... What would happen if I just yeeted this car into the pole? Like literally, like it's, yeah. it's too easy for me to nudge this right into this pole right there. Yeah. Too many. You, too many times. I can't count how many times I thought that. You think like why you're talking when you were married though? Yeah. For what though? Like I mean, you, do you just, remember? I'd be I mean, up, no, no, it just it was too often. <laughs> it used to be the, like yeah. I just fucking too, it's too easy. It's too easy to, to do it. It's too. It, it's way too easy to just end it. Yeah, no, but I'm saying, like, are, were you not happy in your marriage then? Like, there would have to be something, I would think. Towards the end, to yeah, that. no, towards the end, the last year of my marriage was pretty rough. Yeah. It was yeah. first deployment and then the second deployment, there were year, it was a year in between. First deployment, she did things I didn't like, so I tried to address. We didn't fix them. 
So it was just a mess for like the second six months of that. And then when I deployed again, it just... Yeah, I remember when you were like a younger guy in the shop. Because I'd come downstairs for anything and I could always count you saying, Guess what, what dumb thing my, my wife did to me yeah. today. And I, I joke about it. Oh, I mean, I feel bad now. But like I didn't realize I didn't realize how bad it was at the time because we we bitch about our wives all the all time. the time. Yep. Like we almost do that more than we do work. Yeah. Hopefully, Agreed. fucking John Slough ain't listening. Whoa. Whoa. No, but I mean, you know, he does the same shit, dude. But I'd be like, yeah, Trevor, how'd your wife piss you off today, dude? And yeah. then without fail, it, it was always yeah. you always had some for me. But uh, it, it begs the question though: is like. As men, sometimes we have to suffer in silence. Like, it's just, it's just the way it is. Yeah. But clearly this is not, like, suicide isn't an issue where we can afford to take that approach. Yeah. But my question, though, is, like, where do we draw the line between, like, productive suffering and unproductive suffering? Like, at what point do you say, this is, I'm suffering right now, and it's, there's no real good reason for it. When lives are threatened. Yeah. I think when lives are threatened, and I think the easiest way to either pull yourself out or whatever it may be, I think Joe Rogan said it too, is just find, find, or no, Joe Rogan didn't say, he, his answer was find out, like, uh, something you enjoy, find a hobby, find something you really enjoy. Uh, mine... I had a different journey. Mine would be fine. One true friend that you could tell literally anything to, literally the whole story to, and they would just talk about it with you. And if you find one true friend, you can find another. And the the line is drawn, I think, right when lives are threatened. If it's your life or another life. Um. It's, it's tough because like how do you know when that yeah, line so, is crossed? Yeah, so yeah, because your life could be threatened even with a divorce. Like that's a life-threatening move. I mean, I'll take a stab at it. I, it. I, I think that you should suffer in silence only on things that are productive and positive. So going to the gym like i'm sorry no one cares how sore you are if you go to the gym just you you go there knowing full well that you're gonna be going through pain but it's gonna be worth it right or getting a tattoo let's say that you know it's gonna hurt or like when we were doing fucking pt tests bro like you'd run a two mile and you knew that it was gonna hurt a lot but like you do it because you wanted to get a good score yeah. and that was give you more promotion points or fucking people would like you more or whatever. But there are other things too, like going through a divorce or anything where you're not, there is no real good thing that's going to come out of being silent about it. It's like, there's, how do I put this, dude? It's like you, you have a problem where being quiet is not going to help it because the problem is not really one that is... 
It, it's a, it's just that. It's a problem. It's a, yeah, it's like not. It's almost not solvable. Like my divorce. I'm divorced. Yeah. It's not. I can't solve it. So thinking about it in my yeah. head, thinking about it in my head, I'm not gonna find a solution. There is no solution. You know, like I'm divorced. That's it. Move on is the solution. So I'm suffering in silence about this divorce, about my past, all this bullshit for no reason because the solution is to move on, go forward. So if I brought the, if I bring up all these things to you, if I come to you instead of crying about it in my head, now I'm bringing this to light and you're able to say, look, yeah, but it happened. See why you feel that way. Move on though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not what like I want to hear, but that's it's what you need to hear. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's like some problems I don't think are necessarily fixable. Yeah. Like your situation, I don't see how that was getting fixed in any universe. So I think that is where you can kind of draw the line. Like if you're suffering through something and there's a point where like you don't think it's fixable, I I think that would be like a good point to reach out to someone. Yeah, I think. That's true, but then when you get to the point where you don't think it's fixable, you could be in a, such a depressed state to where you just want to end it. When you finally realize it's not fixable, that's when it's too easy oh. to take that gun and just pow. Okay. Well, I'll back it up then. When it's, I don't even know, taking a turn to where you think it's unfixable? It, it's tough because I don't think there's a, a concrete way to really say, like, okay, I, X happens. I... What I live by now is I speak my mind. I do not yeah. suffer in silence. There's not a, I speak my mind. What I genuinely believe needs to be said, I will say it and I will learn from it, whether it's good or bad. If I think I should have said it or if I think I should have said it. And then I, I will at some point know exactly what to say at times. You know what I'm saying? Like Or what not to say. Or what not to say, exactly. So I, but I learned through the hard way Suffering, si suffering in silence doesn't, like you said, it doesn't solve anything. You get nothing done. That's why if you feel you need to find that one person you feel comfortable with so you don't have to suffer in silence. If you don't have that one person, you need to hunt for that one person. Otherwise, you will suffer in silence. Who are you going to go to? Fucking, there's no one. Find one person you can go to because suffering in silence is not the right answer. I don't think it's the right answer when it comes to mental health issues at all and how do you become that person person become what person which person so you said that you can't suffer in silence about mental health and that you should have one person that you don't trust right or that that you do trust if i don't have that person in my life how can i become that person for someone else You have to show them that you're a person that they would want to be. How do you mean? You have to, they, they would have to almost, it's like a, idolize you almost. Like you, you would have to show them that you have traits that they would want in their life. You have to bring something to a table. So for me, I smile, I keep myself happy, I try. So I have to bring yeah. that to the table when I meet somebody to show them that I'm a happy person. That opens mm. the table for a lot. 
Yeah. For, no, for I, I mean, a happy. That's a perfect trait for me to go on. That's why the smile's awesome. Yeah. But you you need to you need to be someone that's worth being. Be someone that's worth idolizing. Yeah. No, like that makes sense to me. And like, I think an important component of that is like not trying to be like the perfect person. Yeah, that's that was that was gonna be my next thing. I wanted to start with that, but it would sound bad. Um, yeah, kind of how I started with Marissa, my girlfriend, when I met her is I showed her my good qualities first. The first couple days, there's I showed her all my good qualities. The first night we met, she saw them. <laughs> like, like well, I straight, took my shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I said, "Look, here's all my baggage." Bang. Here's all my bags. Really? That's just for a girlfriend. Yeah. Because for me, that's not something I want to suffer in silence with. You need to know this. You need to be aware of my past because this affects my future and it's affecting my present. What I do in the future is because oh, of yeah. the things in my past. And if you don't know my past, it's hard for you to understand what I'm doing. And how like how you act too. Like it, yeah. it would be weird to like you can't understand how you act if you don't know your past. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's a you got to lay it all out on the table. You got to speak your mind, but you you can't you can't show up to a new person you never met and be this like you can't be Eeyore. Hi, I'm Eeyore. Nice to meet you. Like, oh, like you can't you can't you gotta you gotta be full of life. You gotta be willing to you know show be vulnerable. You gotta be a little vulnerable, and it's gonna hurt because you gotta open your past up again. So for me. And you saw this a lot. Uh, when I had to open my past up again, it damaged me again. It was opening opening that wound again. When I met Marissa, it was opening that wound again. I had to go through my photos, show her my buddies that I just left, show her my ex that just left me, show her the guys that just worked with me but cheated on my ex with me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I had yeah, I had yeah. to open up all these wounds, open, and it hurts. But that's I I can't keep. I've moved to a new state i have no one here to talk to i have no one i feel comfortable with how about i try to feel try it just try to be vulnerable open it up throw it all out on the table and if it works we got a winner and now i got a rock here in florida that i can tell everyone anything to you know what i'm saying like it's it's hard because you have to be vulnerable and but you kind of have to realize there's nowhere to go but up I mean, the boys say it all the time. Yeah, I mean, it almost sounds like it's it's a good kind of pain, you know? Yeah. Like you're not you're not opening that wound for the sake of opening it. it yeah, like, exactly. Op- it's it's if you're doing it in your mind, you are. If you're not talking to someone, you are. If you're just thinking about it, now you're opening that wound for no reason because now you got no you're ge- you're generating nothing out of that. Because you already know your past. What are you getting out of that? You already yeah. fucking did it. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, yeah. you're just going to get more sad. Yeah. You are, yeah, it's a good point. You already know what happened. Yeah, you know what happened. Quit, quit thinking about it. Maybe bring it up to somebody because they can help you. You already have your perspective. It's not going to change. It's just not going to yeah. change unless you bring it up to somebody. That is a fucking phenomenal point, dude. And, and how did she – was she receptive to that? Oh, yeah. Um. To her, she saw all the emotion I had. 
Mm-hmm. And she says it today. She said it yesterday. Like she just, she loves the emotion that I have and how comfortable I am with sharing it with her. That's, that's like what we've stood on. And then the, the other thing that she's always loved is how happy I've always been. She said, so you always yeah. just seem like a happy person. And then you all, you're just so comfortable sharing your emotions with me last night. Yesterday I fucking cried. She came home from work. I, I said, hi, how's it going? And I fucking, I cried right there, bro. You did? Yeah. I cried right there. I said, look, I haven't thought of, I've been gaming all day. I haven't thought about my friend all day because I have no one to think about it with. Yeah. I don't want to think alone no more, man. It's hard. You're thinking alone. You end up with a gun to your head. Yeah, no. I mean, that's it's. you got to have someone, I think, that you can lean on to kind of bounce these ideas off of. And that's like what I want to talk about most. Like, how how do you become that person for someone? And like, I think it starts with just not even like living like a super virtuous life, bro, but like even just being vulnerable and kind of like it's it, i i see it like this you're, you're both holding up cards right one of y'all has to lay down a card first yeah. in order for the other guy to lay down his but like yeah. you don't know what the other guy's cards are have and he don't know what you have so like it's it's almost like it's here's it's here, a first step. this is this is a funny one you can relate it to it's yeah. like uh tom segura mentioned it in one of his skits a man you know you want to know how much of a pig a man is it's however much of a pig his wife allows him to be his wife will come and say do whatever to me and he will fucking a man will do whatever you know what i'm saying but he won't go to he won't go to her saying i'll do whatever you know what i'm saying yeah it someone's got to play the card first and it, it, it goes for every relationship man like for me and you even if once you play the Whatever card it is, you open up a new topic for us. You become vulnerable to this new topic. It happens. It it continuously happens. You got to stay genuine and you got to stay vulnerable. Yeah, and I think it's important too to like. You can't be acting judgmental. I mean, I I try not to be judgmental in really anything. Like I know we all judge people, duh. But like, yeah, I try and actively fight it. Just because like you don't even. No, like there are a lot of people that I know where if you didn't talk to them, you would think that their marriages or their lives are fucking just perfect, right? I was a good example. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you wouldn't know that you had fucking problems just yeah. by look by looking by at looking, you. Yeah, know? no, by walking down the hangar. Yeah, by walking down the hangar. It's like, oh, there's Trevor. He's fucking smiling, smiling again. Smiling again. There he goes acting again. Like acting like he's doing actual work. It's like, how could that do? Dirty as shit. Yeah. <laughs> covered in crap somehow not doing a damn thing no it's important to um i think to stay genuine you have to realize that it's a it's a a relationship where you both benefit you can't see it as a relationship where you're getting something out of it and they're not because then you'll feel bad about the relationship in your own mind you'll feel uncomfortable and it won't work anymore yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you gotta realize you both need the relationship. You mm-hmm. both need it. Um, and in order to feel good about myself in my relationships, I I want to bring something to the table. Anything, bring something to the table. Learn a skill. Learn a trait. Learn anything. 
uh, fucking just acknowledge your gifts. Just recognize all the gifts you have and start using that to your benefit. What if, what has everyone always told you? What has everyone always told you? For me, even throughout basic training, I have a good smile. Everyone has always told me that you have a good smile and you're always smiling. Use that to your advantage. Play that card. And that's what me and Marissa met on. That's what a lot of people meet me on. You got to play that to your advantage. And that's that's how you open up. Because you don't want to open up with the mopey. No one wants to be friends with a mopey loser. No, hell no. No one. So you no, can't always be that. you're a mopey loser. Yeah. yeah. So suffer in silence for that little bit you have to. To open up that new, new relationship. And now you got something building. Something worth building towards. Something worth bringing up this past for. It's like an investment I see it as. Yeah. And I think it's important, too, to kind of touch on real quick, like, how fragile trust is. Yeah. And, like, how how do you how do you keep that trust with someone if they do open up to you? So, like, like for me, it's as simple as not telling anyone. Like, if you tell me something and you don't tell them to tell anyone, I'm not even going to tell my wife. <laughs> Won't even be, like, well, I can't tell you how many yeah. times, like... One of my friends is going through something, and then I'll I'll tell Floor when it's over. She's like, "Oh, I didn't even know that was happening." Like, yeah, no shit, because I didn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then she would get mad. I'm like, "Oh, this this is like I, I'm not I can't tell you any everything that's going on with all my friends. Like, if they if they tell me that it's cool to tell my wife, then sure. Yeah. But like, I mean, now it's not really a problem because like people know my wife and they know that yeah, she's fucking. Now we're all homies. Yeah, they know she's a straight shooter, bro. But like, if 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 I open if I open up to you, Trevor, and you go running your mouth all over all over the hangar, I like I'm never gonna talk to you again, dude. I won't even bat an eye towards you again, bro. Like, catch me never looking in your direction again, bro. Yeah, no wait. That no that wait. is the I think that is the worst thing you can do is open up to someone and then they tell her. Yeah. And like that that honestly, dude, I think that's like where the army kind of goes wrong in regards to suicide is like if a dude killed themselves right they're gonna have a powerpoint explaining what happened to everyone everyone on earth that knows about it is going to be spreading rumors yep. about everything and it's like you, you kind of have to respect people's privacy yeah no you should not have that powerpoint i don't think there should be a powerpoint there should rarely ever be a PowerPoint on it. Um, like you were saying, it there shouldn't be a a formation saying if you're going through something, let me know. What do you think? Everyone's just gonna line up and just say, shake your hand. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice to meet you. My name's Trevor. Uh, I just got divorced. And I'm getting kicked out the army, but I want you to help me. Like, sorry, bro. Like, yeah, everyone. Everyone's suicidal. Fallout, make another formation. Yeah, like what? <laughs> like that's exactly what you're asking. Because now, now you're saying come to me. <clears throat> now everyone in the formation knows. Oh, Trevor just went to Robert during lunch. Ah, he might be trying to kill himself. Yeah, bro. It's 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 just such a backwards way of going about all these issues. Like that's always been my gripe with how the army solves any problem. It's it's only reactive. Yeah. Like, I bring this up every time. So, like, if you didn't know about this SHARP program, it's Sexual Assault and Harassment Response Program, I want to say. Sexual Harassment and Assault. That's where the SHARP comes from. Yeah. 
any anything like sexual harassment or assault, right? But every time they do, they give us a, our annual training on this. It is always, if you see something, say something. And it's like, dude, I'm sorry. No one's going to walk past someone getting raped and think, oh, you know, I'll, I'll solve that after lunch. <laughs> Man, thank God that ain't me. Off I go. Yep. Like, no one's going to do that, dude. That's, it's such a, such a ridiculous thing that they even tell us this. But it's like, we're we're accepting the fact that people are just going to get raped and are going to get harassed in the workplace. It's like, dude, why, why don't we just concentrate on making less rapers? Like, yeah, how, what's your solution? How, what, let's not the raping one, but let's, how do we focus on uh, making less suicidal soldiers? So that, yeah, no, huge issue so in like, the army, huge issue with, with suicide. What happens when someone kills themselves? We have a PowerPoint presentation. They tell us if you need help, get help. We go to the memorial and then we go off about our day. That's it. Like, that's it's the same thing as sexual harassment. They have accepted the fact that people are going to kill themselves. Mm -hmm. And there's really nothing they can do aside from saying to us, if you see something or if you see someone acting weird, ask them or ask them if they're going to kill them. Like, they don't even tell you what to do. Yeah, so you. So me, I'll tell you what you should do. By the time that someone is having suicidal ideations or they're like fixing to kill themselves, I think that that's uh, it's already too late. Hold up, I fucking unplugged my headphones on accident. No, so by the time that happens, like someone's having suicidal ideations, it's too late. I think what it starts is before that all happens in being the person that someone can come up to before they get to that point of because then I'm you could stop myself. it yeah because then you could stop it. If you're the person yeah, yeah, you could go up to you're able because exactly. i was going up to you and you stopped that's the point yeah. of going up to you i tried yeah, yeah. best as i could yeah but like no, if, if i if <laughs> i had just said you know you know fucking go talk to the chaplain like there that's that's really the best i can do like these are human lives and i'm saying oh yeah, fucking go talk to someone else. Like, sure. what? Yeah, like what? What kind of a, what kind of a way to handle someone's life is that? It's just such a shitty way. So what I think that we can all do is start by being the person that people are comfortable going up to. Why do you meaning? Think, what's why up? do you think there's such a big disconnect? <clears throat> why do you think there's not so many people you can go up to? It sounds like a lot of people want to be that person. I know no, one person think... that really wants to be that person people can get up to. A lot of people do want to be the person people. I want to be the person that anyone can call me. You know? Yeah, no. I Why mean, do you I'd think like there's a, a lack of those? I think a lot of it is education. Like, I don't think people... Let me rephrase. I think people want to be the person people come up with. Or two. They just don't necessarily know how or, like, what that looks like. Or... or they think it's like some X factor, like they can't put a a label on it. Like me and the guy I think you're talking about, like he may view me as just someone people naturally feel more comfortable talking to. But it's not like we're genetically different. It, it's just how we act. Yeah, we did better. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And I, I think a big thing that people can do is like, one, stop judging people. Or at least stop being vocal about it. 
Especially about shit people can't change. If I make fun of you because you got a stupid haircut, okay, got it. But like, if we're if we're shit talking someone who is having a wife problem or um a family problem, a money problem, anything at all, like if you judge someone for that, you're just a shithead, dude. Like I'm sorry. And I I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is they they judge people and they shouldn't. And also, like, that's one. And then two, being vulnerable. Like, it's it's hard to understate how effective that is at getting someone to open up to you. Yeah, no, I was just thinking in my head right now. Like, let's say John Slough pulls me aside, says, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing good. How are you doing? He said, he goes, well... Doing all right, but my wife did this to me this past weekend. For me, that's like, oh, shit, he's trying to get personal with me. Yeah. Let like, me get personal back. Yeah, like you can see that this guy is also struggling too. Yeah, which is huge. Which it's huge not to be down at the bottom alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like people fucking... Sorry, I'm looking up a quote, dude. I fucking already got the uh, end quote for the episode. <laughs> like, I'm not going to open up to you, man, if, if I think, like, everything is hunky-dory. Like, how am I supposed to relate to you if I think your life is perfect? Like, what are you going to relate to me on if you've never told me a problem? Yeah. Not like, oh, my wife bitched that I didn't do the dishes. Like, a fucking actual problem, man. So, like about my opinion, then, it comes down to not people not wanting to be vulnerable so i i want i want to say people know how to become the person to walk up walk up to and say anything to people want to be that person but not everyone wants to be vulnerable it's hard being vulnerable yeah no i mean i it is a laborious thing to do because then once you're vulnerable too then you got you're you're instilling trust in somebody too now yeah now uh slout john thinks he's uh telling me something that i'm not going to go tell everyone you know yeah yeah but likewise though if you did go and tell everyone he would never be vulnerable with you no no so i don't know man it's like why are people so like afraid of being vulnerable i mean i don't know to be honest i don't think there's one thing that you can pinpoint just say like oh yeah this is the reason yeah i i i honestly i have no idea yeah, I mean, it could be because social it's just, it's media. Hard. It's it's hard to be vulnerable. I think it's just when you're vulnerable. Maybe it's this. So when you're vulnerable, it's normally about an issue, and it, so for me to become vulnerable with you, I'll, I would bring up my divorce. Sure. Through my divorce, the lessons I learned is trust. The lessons I, I mean, it it could go on trust. Um, family I, i've learned so much through that but i don't want to because i i learned not to trust this person that's why i'm divorced now if i'm coming to you trying to be vulnerable telling you about this story now it's like a double whamming i'm trusting you to not tell the story where someone didn't someone betrayed my trust so if i get betrayed yeah. again that's why it's kind of scary to step step in to those feet and become vulnerable because you don't want to get hit with it again. 
And that's, yeah. I think that's the easiest thing. That's the easiest one I could think of is just because you don't want to be get, you don't want to become hit again. You don't want to get hit again. It's, it's like in poker, dude, you went all in and you lost. Yeah. You're probably going to be weary of going all in again. Yeah. Unless you know, you got a good like that. Sometime you can win. Yes. You go all in on a good hand. Yeah. And also too, sometimes there really is no other option. Yeah. Like there's not really a good option. I don't think if you have someone that you want to open up to you to like, you can't get someone to open up to you unless you're vulnerable. Like it's almost like, Oh, well, if you don't like, okay, you're not vulnerable and do as I, I say, not as I do. Yeah. Type deal. yeah. Yeah. Like you're still good, but like you're expecting someone to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. And I don't think that that can really be accomplished really in anything. Yeah. Be like, oh yeah, go if if you are not good at running, and I just told you to go run, but I I was bad at running myself, and I didn't try and run with you. It's yeah. Like so what benefits have you had from having these people to talk to? Personally, I've seen. I would say the biggest benefit is just that I've been able to be there for people like i i like helping people and i really don't care what that looks like or how i'm doing it but like, like if i can be the person that someone comes up to and like opens up to like i don't think that there's anything better than that i agree and then two though it it, it tells me that like i'm not alone and what i'm going through so now it's a double help yep yeah, it's like a double, like a yeah. double whammy, but yeah. like in a good way, you know. Yep. But I mean, me uh, helping me is is whatever, dude. It's just like kind of knowing the fact that like I was able to help someone, even in like the smallest way. I think can help. I mean, it. Is there anything better than knowing that you helped your friend not kill himself? Yeah, I was just gonna say, what's better than what's to me, I don't see there being a better feeling than someone calling me with a gun to their head for me to calm yeah. them down. No, it's like the situation that happened a few weeks ago. It's like, did it suck? Yes. But I'm glad that I was able to be that person yeah. that the dude reached out to. Like, I, I can only imagine. It fucking sucks not being that person, too. Yeah. For instance, yeah. I couldn't be that person. I'm all the way in Florida. It sucks. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, no, it, I mean, it does suck. But then, too, like, let's say, too, like, you're also making every effort to be that person. And for whatever reason, you're not. I don't think you should blame yourself for that. Yeah. I agree. I just, I At think. At some point, you really... can't. some point, you can't help it no more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there are. There are some problems that are just out of your hands. And I think that's another thing to realize too, is like realizing kind of the limits of your own abilities. Yeah. So obviously the story I told, maybe not obviously, but in my mind, it was the lowest <laughs> point in my life. And since then I have not hit a lower point. 
Which tells me that was only one way to go up from there. Only one way to go. Only one way to go. Only one way to go. Yeah. Uh, so go up. But at some point I'm coming back down. That's the way of life. But it is how I mitigate the lows. How my life is ran pretty much. Life. What is the quote? It's like life is 1% what happens to you. 99 how you re react to it. Mm -hmm. Damn near. Some shit like that. Um, so what is what is like something you do that mitigates your lows or something that people can do to mitigate their lows? What should they strive to do? Okay, yeah, no. So I think it starts with realizing that life is just that. It's highs and lows. I think of it like a tide. It like it goes in and then it comes out, right? So if you're if you're sad or depressed or anything, just knowing that it will get better. I think can go a long way specifically when I'm, if I'm just in the dumps dude and like, it's hard for me to see the light, I guess, at the end of the tunnel, what helps me is naming things that I'm thankful for. So, and that, that, that could be anything at all, dude. Like there, I, there's been times where I'm like sad and I don't want to do shit. Right. But I'm like, dude, I, I'm an American citizen. Like there are people dying to, to have that, you know? Mm -hmm. like oh things didn't work out how i wanted in a relationship okay but i still have a roof over my head i'm still healthy <laughs> i still have a good relationship with the people that i want yeah there's an infinite amount i think to be thankful for so when i get kind of down dude i just i don't know it's gonna sound like like it's most things where i just i'm analytical i have an answer for things right it's just reminding myself of what I do have. And I don't think it's really possible for me to be upset when I have all these things that I should be thankful for. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to tell you what I do to mitigate my lows. I can tell you what I do to, during my lows. but So during my last low was... I I hung on to the people that believed in me. It was what helps me what helped me the most throughout this last year. Mm -hmm. Um the people that believed in me showed me that if I just keep doing what I'm doing right now, eventually it'll be okay cuz it's not just going to change overnight. I'm not going to be happy tomorrow. I'm not going to be happier in 2 days. It's not going to change overnight. However, I am in a state of mind right now to where I think if I just keep doing me right now, I got people behind my back. They think it's going to pan out for me. Now I think it's going to pan out for me. If I just keep doing this day to day, through time, I will get there. And that, I think Steve Harvey had a couple, uh, it was like uh, four Ps for success. And it didn't, he didn't include patience. And I messaged him on Instagram or something and asked him why he didn't include patience. Because that was the first thing that put, like stuck out to me. Yeah. Patience is something I had to learn the hard way. <laughs> um, <laughs> Me I am, too, bro. Yeah, bro. I am not patient at all. But patience is a virtue. Patience will get you there. And it's hard to have patience. But you have to realize if you are at the low, there's only one way to go. <laughs> oh. You're going up. Through patience, you will get there. You will go up. 
You will get there. You're doing the right thing. You got people in your corner. You will get there. You just got to have the patience to do it. You can't end your life. You can't commit suicide because then how are you ever going to go up? Now you're on a plateau. You will never go up. Now you're leaving a legacy behind where you're plateaued at the bottom. No one's going to remember yeah. the top. That's the worst place to fucking end, bro. Yeah. You don't fucking quit a game when you're losing. Like, yeah, what the fuck? If I'm down by three, I'm not going to fucking quit no, the game. pass me know? the rock, bro. Yo. And two, like, mm-hmm. mitigating two, bro? Yeah, like, ride the highs is what I would also say. Yeah, you taught me that, actually. You did? did. Yeah, so uh, when I moved to Florida, I got the, the army money, all that. And I didn't want to spend any money on myself. And you're like, look, dude, you ought to celebrate. <laughs> like, yeah, you dodge two big bullets within a year. Go buy shoes. And I think the first thing, I don't know what I bought first. But it was something. Oh, the watch. You told me to buy a watch or something. I don't know. You told me to spend money on yourself. Buy a I chain. I remember telling you. Yeah, buy a chain. Go, go. Yeah, go buy something. Go look good. Go spend money on yourself. Ride the high out. You're in a high point. That was just a load. Now you're in Florida. Go ride it out. Endure yeah. it. Embrace and it. And like I'm just trying to, yeah, like, it, like the low will come. That's a given. But like when you're on that high, bro, fucking foot to the gas. Yep. No, what's it? What's this? It's like uh, there's a saying. There's two things we're certain certain of is like death and taxes. Yeah. <laughs> you ought to just throw in the lows in that. We're awfully certain we're going to hit a low. Everyone is off. If you're not certain, you got to do some thinking because everyone will hit a low. All the famous people have hit lows. Steve Harvey talks about his low all the time. All the famous people you idolize, they don't talk about their lows because it makes them vulnerable. But they have all hit a low. You're just in a, it's just part of life. You're in it. You're at, you're at a low. There's only way to go. Only one way to go. You're going up. You got to build a team around you that wants you up because it's easy for people to say, Hey, no, you are depressed. Why are you so depressed? You need a job. You go do this. You go do that. I'm happy. So you do this. But when I talk to my cousin, Mark, and I'm like, man, this shit, this is going on. This is going on. This is going on. He's like, dude, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. It'll work out. It'll be fine. Those are the people you need to talk about. Talk to suffering in silence, suffer in silence to the people you don't get any benefit from suffer in silence to the people that are going to say you are depressed. Fuck you or suffer in silence with the people that are going to say, no, come suffer with us. Suffer alone, suffer in silence. Then do not suffer alone when you have someone next to you that genuinely cares about you because that's what's going to hurt them in the long run. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the reasons I think everyone should be spiritual in some sense, because like. Just knowing that there's a higher power out there that's got your back, like, that has got me through countless lows, bro. Like, if I'm at a low and I know whatever plan that I'm on or whatever path that I'm walking down is going to end up fine, so it's almost like an instant unlock, you know? That's that's the ultimate uh, friend we've been talking about. The ultimate friend. The higher power. Yeah, bro. The one you can tell everything to. So that's the answer if you're alone. For me, for you, I've, I'm just learning about it, but it does yeah. mitigate my lows. It does help with the highs, too. I mean, it's, that's the ultimate friend you can go to once you feel comfortable enough. So maybe that's what you got to do. What, what did you do to um, become more comfortable with God or your relationship with God? 
I mean, pretty much just becoming vulnerable, man. Like, just admitting that I'm not, that there's a lot that I don't have control over Yeah, goes a long way. And I think just asking for help. I mean, people, like, don't like asking for help, dude. Like, especially dudes. Like, no yeah, one especially really likes man. asking for help. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's just, like, admitting that you need help and knowing that that help can get there. Because, I mean, when I started, like, praying, let's say, my thought process was, if this doesn't do anything, then I'm in no worse of a spot than I am right now. Like, I could be talking to no one. No one could be listening to me. But I'm not, yeah. there is no, there is no, nothing bad can happen. At least happen. it's a form of meditation. Yeah, exactly, dude. But I don't really, I don't really know, man. Just kind of being vulnerable. I mean, that well, we've been saying all episode, but just kind of asking for help, I think, is how I went about doing that. It's hard. It's hard to finally open up yourself to ask for help. Yeah, and I I think one thing too we should talk about is like just understanding that it's a process and being one with like the highs and lows of life and with your religion. It's like it's not something that I don't it's not going to happen overnight. A lot of it is something that we're just kind of continually working on yeah, and picking refining. up shit on the way. You're walking down yeah. the path, picking up little rocks on the way. Yeah, exactly. Like to build it's, a it's okay. Path. Yeah, it's okay to not know all the answers. But just to know though that someone has your back and it'll all work out fine and there's not gonna be a problem that's unsolvable to you, I think that's probably the most invaluable part of religion. Yeah. Yeah, not necessarily Christianity, but whatever whatever religion speaks to you, dude, just find yeah, it. Yeah, man, I mean, you could think of it as, like, putting that person in your corner. So finding that finding that person. Well, me and you are now walking down that path. Me and you are walking together. Now we're both able to pick up rocks from people that are with their hands out. So let's say they're, yeah. that God has two hands. He's got two hands out passing out rocks to me and you to make our path stronger. You're picking up a rock. I'm picking up a rock. That's going to be way better than just me picking up a rock. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to do it alone, fellas. It's hard to do it alone. Oh, Take yeah. it from it's me. Im- it's impossible to do alone. But that's the good thing, though, is that you don't need to do these things alone. No, you if don't. You, let's say you're, you don't have anyone. Get right with God and you'll always have some. Yep. And if you have God and your friends around you that can help, you'll be unstoppable. Yeah. With that, though, we're at 58 minutes. Perfect. Was one hell of an episode. Um, For those who are listening, suffering, whether it's in silence or day to day, holding that gun to your head and just for some reason my voice is in your ears right now. Step one, put the gun down. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But step two is, is really acknowledge... We're not all perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Kevin's not perfect. No one's perfect. We all have things to work for. We all have things to to pick up along the way on our journey. We all have to be patient. Um, it's not going to happen overnight. But with the right people there and 
the right support system with your belief in yourself and your belief in your people. Um, almost anything's achievable. And I think that's very, very important for you to know. You can achieve anything with the right people behind you. Even if that is just God. I mean, if you hear it over and over again, have faith and, and it'll work out. Have hope, faith, give it all to them. Um, but with that, everybody, thank you so much for the support. It means a lot. Um, we will start knocking out more. I just got back from vacation, so just getting back into the grind. Ran into a couple mentals, mental blocks there. So just like I said, none of us are perfect. Um, I've been struggling too. But I reached out, got some help, got the help I needed. You should do the same. If it's us, hit up mindovermatterpodcast.net. Contact us down below. Um, anything. We're here. We're here for you if you need us. Um, Kev? Yeah, um, I just, I mean, I, I like this episode. I think it's a very tough one to, to talk about, but I also think that suicide is not something that we talk about enough. Um, what I would tell you guys, too, is just try and be that person that you would want to have to talk to. So be vulnerable with people, and when someone trusts you enough to open up to them, don't betray that trust because then you'll never open up to you again. So just find ways that you're kind of struggling to be that person and change those things. Cause that's going to stop someone, probably your friend from ending their life is having you there and you being receptive and, and caring for what they say. Um, with that though, I think uh, I, I'm really happy with this one. And I, I think it's definitely one that we needed to do. So thank you guys for watching and uh, more to follow. Amen. Stay blessed. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace. Oh, real quick, real oh, quick, real what's quick. Up? My quote, my quote, I almost forgot yeah. about that. Stand by, let me pull it up. All right, my quote is from Dr. Peterson. It is from Beyond Order, 12 Rules for Life. It is. I will trust you. I will extend my hand to you, despite the risk of betrayal, because it is possible, through trust, to bring out the best in you, and perhaps in me. Amen. That's a man I've been Amen. following my whole journey. Uh, keep your head up out there. We'll see you next time. Peace.